Hello, welcome to episode two of Away Days presented by the Inter-Miami Podcast. I am your co-host, Callie. And I'm Brandon. And we are Away Days. And you know what? For today, in the wise words of uh, Wild Bill Hickok, go west. We are, well, he didn't say that. Someone told that to him. But whatever. We're not, we're not a history podcast. We're an MLS podcast. Um, today's episode, like I mentioned, we're going west. We will be breaking down the Western Conference, recapping their offseason moves, previewing the season ahead, and then we're going to shake things up at the end with some power rankings, some predictions as to how we think the table will end. All right, and there it's going to be a pretty be some spicy hot takes in there. <laughs> I can guarantee you there will be some spicy hot <laughs> takes. Um, not going to be crazy. We're just going to, you know, basically flip flop. We all we are both assigned different teams. We're just going to talk about it, man. We're just going to hang out. We're going to let it out. We're going to rip our takes, and and this is our show. This is who we are. So, yeah, you know, I would like to add there will be less coughing today. There is less coughing. We're both healthy-ish. Not no (laughs) coughing. Not no coughing, but not a lot of coughing. That's right. Yeah. I hit a cough drop pretty hard. I'm ready to go. Got my water on standby. Let's do it, man. All right. So we're going to jump in. We're going to do this uh, in reverse standings order. So we're starting with the worst team in the West and going all the way to the reigning MLS Cup champions, LAFC. Um, so not really worse, but we'll start with LA or sorry, St. Louis city. Um, since they're the new addition this year, um, you know, a couple of notes, they've got some big additions. They've added Roman Berkey, uh, DP goalkeeper from, from the Bundesliga. That's a choice. Yeah. That's 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 some good seasons over there. (laughs) DP goalkeeper though. That's, that's, that's a choice, man. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the DP goalkeeper move, but I like Berkey. I hope he does well, Um, but DP goalkeeper, uh, I don't know that it's ever been done, and if it has, it probably wasn't very successful. (laughs) But, um, you know, hopefully that works out for them. They've got uh, a Klaus, Klaus, who's a DP, uh, Brazilian number nine from Hoffenheim, another Bundesliga guy. um, Wait, he's a Brazilian named Klaus? Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? That's okay. I had to double check it, <laughs> but he's uh yeah, that's where most of their goals are probably going to come from um, outside of the wings. I think their wings can be productive. Uh, Inter Miami favorite shout out to Trav uh, Indy Vasilev. We all know and love him. Uh, we'll be playing on the wing for them. And so far in the preseason has been tearing it up. He scored Shinner Miami uh, the other day. And I think he just, Last night, I think he scored the winner uh, in a preseason scrimmage. So, um, you know, their outlook for the season, I, I have them as the bottom pick in, in the in the West, to be honest. Um, I don't know. <laughs> they have a lot of question marks. They, they seem to be solid at the back. I think they have good CBs. I think they have a great goalkeeper. Um, I don't know many people on their roster so there could be some surprises um but their midfield to me is is what's lacking i think they're lacking some attacking options there and i just don't see them competing right away 
I do, however, think that they're building their roster the right way. They're doing it slowly. They're doing it intentionally. They're not just going out there buying whoever they can off the street. They're getting good players in when they can. And and so I think that they'll they'll have success in the future and they're building towards something. Um, I also think they're just going to be a fan favorite to 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 watch. Some of the content they put out on Apple TV has been fantastic. And really, their Twitter account's already one of my favorites. It's very likable. Um, you know, so I'm pulling for them, but I, I don't see this as being a good season for them. Yeah. Um, I was looking at their roster earlier and aside from Berkey and Indy, I was kind of, I had to search up some names. I'm like, Oh yeah, he played here. <coughs> and uh, there's a coughing. It's back. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I do agree that I think they're building the roster right way, right way. I'm not as high on Berkey as you are, I think. You, I don't think he was very good towards the end of his time in Dortmund, but maybe, a, you know, change of scenery can can change that. Uh, I think they know who they are. I think they know what their identity is and, and what their approach is, and that's a good thing. You know, it's one thing if if you just kind of like, I don't know, you know, throwing stuff to the wall and seeing what sticks, but everything seems very calculated. And, and like you mentioned, uh, you know, St. Louis City, is they're taking a very social approach to the club. Um, I appreciate how they are, you know, recognizing important parts of their community. Um, you know, they, they seem very in touch with the fans of the community, which as a, as a fan of a certain club, I, I can, you know, I would appreciate if my club did a little more of that, but preach brother preach. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, unfortunately they are what they are, you know, maybe they won't be down the road, but I think this season's going to be a learning curve. Remember, they're coming up from playing, um, you know, MLS, MLS next. next. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a transition. A lot of those guys stayed around. They brought in some guys, but, you know, it, it is what it is. So best of luck, St. Louis. Everyone's rooting for you, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next up, we have the San Jose Earthquakes. And I will say, when researching no club felt more like a root root canal than San Jose. Um, I see, I, I, I know fans are frustrated there and I felt it more so when researching their club. I, I it's San Jose is a club. I, I don't really pay attention to, you know, I, I definitely know more about the East and the West. And this was, this was a fun research episode for me because I learned a lot, but um, just some notes on San Jose that I have. Um, Dead last in the West, 35 points, negative 17 goal differential was terrible. Um, cl- yeah. Club legend Shea Salinas retired. Um, and no, aside from that, no like mentionable signings. Only thing that's worth noting is that they traded for Jonathan Mensa from Columbus for $500,000 in Gerber Gam bucks. Um, had some ballers. I mean, uh, Jeremy Ababasi, 17 goal season. That's nuts. Christian Espinosa, you know, been been there a long time. Club legend, you can almost say. Uh, 14 assists on the on the year. Um, they conceded the second most goals with 69. Only two behind DC, who finished with 71. Also had the fourth fewest clean sheets. And they just didn't sign anybody. They they just they're just choosing to be bad. I know fans are calling for an ownership change. Um, but it's, uh, it, it's, it's, there's rough looks in San Jose right now. RIP to the Bay area for MLS. 
Yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, you know, one of those clubs, too. I, I think the only thing I knew really knew about them and the only reason I really followed them is I was a big Wando fan, uh, you know, really excited to see what he did. And so I guess they've lost two legends in the last two off seasons to re- retirement, which is unfortunate. Um, you know, one person I like on their roster is Kate Cowell. Um, yeah, he kind of had a quiet year last year. And I, I think that was probably in due to some of their coaching turmoil. Cause I know they, they changed coaches and had a lot of controversy last year with that, but I, I would really like to see him do well. Cause he seems like a good kid and he's young. I, I think, He's only 16 or 17, 17, 18. Yeah. He's young. So, uh, you know, maybe he can be the number nine, the U S men's national team needs if he can figure it out. 19. He is 19 years old. Still, he'll be turning 20 in October this year. So he's an infant in the eyes of, of footy. Yeah. But yeah, he's exciting. Uh, big things on the horizon for him. I think he can, he can make an impact in the, on the U S men's national team. But, uh, as far as, love is concerned that San Jose seems like a, like a disaster. Um, the only notable thing I, I picked up on, you know, besides Wando was from before is that one of the biggest fans was in Rancid. I liked Rancid once upon a time. And oh. yeah, actually That's they come cool. out on, the, yeah, they come out on the rituals thing on, uh, on the Apple, on the Apple MLS pass thing, which it's, it's a pretty good watch, but you know, that that's about as, as exciting as it gets for, San Jose. Well, you know, hopefully things change. Maybe they get their ownership change they're looking for. Apparently, Landon, apparently Landon Donovan was like a like a you know in the rumor mill to purchase a club. But I think he was in on Real Salt Lake or something too. Uh, yeah, but I think I he's I think he's committed to getting trying to make San Diego loyal, loyal uh, an MLS club. Yeah, that would which be they good. have the infrastructure for you know. So it would be yeah. interesting to see how that plays out, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll be covering them next year or the year after. Maybe. That'd be cool. I'm yeah. a big Landon Donovan fan. Who isn't? It's hard not to yeah. be. Well, except for the fact that he says he's a he's an Evertonian through and through, but Well you know, no you know so is Tim Howard and you know, you gotta love that guy too sometimes. I don't. Well that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am fun. Fun fact, I tried to convince my wife to name our son Landon, and his That's name is name. Ethan. So, well, he has two Landons in his class, so I guess I wasn't the only one who had that idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving right along, the Houston Dynamo. So, Houston Dynamo is probably going to be like Inter-Miami last year. They've lost 12 players in the offseason, so they're changing Ooh. over their roster. And a lot of that changes because they brought in uh, Ben Olsen, who was the longtime DC United coach and kind of ran the front office there as well. And, you know, had some good years with DC United. Um, I know the fans out there liked him for a while. Um, but, you know, things ended with the way they did. And he's he's out here in Houston now. Um, brought in a couple of good additions. Uh, Brad Smith, a veteran left back, follows him from DC United. Uh, pretty solid player there. Uh, Franco Escobar, right back from uh, – uh, he came from LAFC, but he spent his first four seasons in MLS at Atlanta United. Um, really good right back, so he's strengthening that defense. And then one player to watch is Yvonne Franco, 22-year-old winger from uh, Club Libertad in Paraguay. 
Uh, they're pretty high on him. Um, he seems to be a pretty pacey winger who's probably going to score some goals for Houston. Um, as far as their season outlook, when you change a roster that much, as we know personally, it, it's rough. I don't know how they're probably even more to. so in the West. Well, in doing this research, I think the West is a little bit more vulnerable this year than it had been in previous years. But yeah, I don't, I don't know where Houston's goals are really going to come from. I think they're going to struggle. Ben Olsen also is still trying to get his footing, get the players that he wants in. I think Houston's going to be one of those teams that we're going to have to really wait till the summer window to see who they're going to be. Cause I, I, I don't think they're going to stay with this roster all season. Ben Olsen's not that kind of guy. Um, so they finished 13th last year. I don't know if they're going to do much better than that. Um, you know, they, they do have Herrera on the squad. So, you know, that was a big pickup for me last summer. I thought he was going to do some good things there coming over from Aladico. So, We'll see. Hopefully the team can can forge around him and, and maybe make something happen. But um could be could be a rough rough season for the men in orange. Yeah. Um for Houston it's it's weird to see a team that, that has been historically pretty good um really struggle and it feels like they're a club without an identity right now. Um Ben Olsen I think will certainly change that. I think that's a great hire for them. Um I think he's proven as kind of a, a club builder. Of, of sorts and I, I think he can kind of uh rebrand and you know we can get uh <laughs> well, we can get Houston back to, to where they belong but yeah it's it's a roster that's kind of shaky not uh not super not super exciting um the only the only cool tie I have to Houston is that one time player Fafa Picolds who's now with Columbus has goes to the same barber that I do because he lives oh. down here. So well that's cool. Let's see if we can get him on the pod. (laughs) (laughs) One day. All right. um, Moving on. Sporting KC. Pretty historic franchise in terms of MLS. Uh, Pretty cool history. You know, formerly Kansas Kansas City Wizards. Yes, absolutely. Um, Very much a middle-of-the-pack season. uh, 40 points in the year. Goal differential of negative 12, which isn't great, but... Um, some pretty exciting moves they've made. They've they've re-signed Roger Espinosa and Graham Zuzzi on one-year deals. So they're old men, but you know staples of the franchise. Um, you know guys that have been there a long time and have have, have really helped establish the identity of the club. Um, but they signed a very experienced German left back in. Tim Leibold, who's played for Hamburg, Nuremberg, Stuttgart, and Freiburg in Germany, um, drafted a local legend, FIU product, Steven Afrifa, electric player. Uh, he was an electric player in an FIU program that made a deep run into the, to the NCAA playoffs last year. I want to say they got to the Elite Eight. They lost to Duke 1-0. Uh, 10 goals and four assists in 19 games. Um, he was up for player of the year in, in college soccer last year. Uh, they drafted him. So uh, sporting KC officially has a soft spot in my heart considering he's, we share alumni status with FIU. Um, 
so that's exciting. Those are those are two signings. I don't know how how much of an impact a, a free throw make right away, but Tim Leibold is a guy that that can play. He's like an attacking wing back type of guy. Um, a team that conceded fifty four goals last year needs someone to kind of lock down the back line. Uh, their top scores uh, they they didn't have they weren't a super high scoring club. Uh, so only scored forty two. Their highest scores were William Magala and Johnny Russell. They each had uh, eight goals apiece. And uh, Daniel Saloy had seven, and that was basically it. With in terms of of goal scores, nothing. There's nothing of note after that. Uh, Saloy also led the team in assists with five, and Espinosa followed up with four. Um, so this is a team that didn't score a lot and, and conceded quite a quite a bit of goals. A uh, little bit more middle of the pack in terms of, of goal concession, but still, they they weren't necessarily great at anything last year, but. I think between Leibold and Afrifa and and some of the guys they kind of already have in place, especially like a leader like Johnny Russell and stuff, like I, I think they're a team that can improve this year. Yeah, they seem to be. Um, Alan Polito's still on their roster, right? Yep. Number sure nine, because yep. I expected big things from him when he came into the league. So I think, I think you know maybe with getting a more attacking left wing back like you mentioned I think maybe they can get him some better service and hopefully he can score some of the goals that they've been lacking um you know I've always kind of been a fan of Sporting KC just because they're one of the originals I mean you can't can't hate them yeah. and you know Graham Zuzi is just a legend man no matter <laughs> you know and he's one of the last last legends in my mind that's still playing so I'm, I'm glad that he's still there and re-signed and can probably provide them some veteran leadership and hopefully <laughs> hopefully they can do something you know i kind of have them um lower half of the table this year but um you know uh, i don't think they'll be there for long i think they'll probably rebound pretty soon um yeah i think i think with them also we're going to have a kind of wait and see for the january window also um but i don't i don't think they'll be that bad i do have them on the outside looking in, in terms of playoffs, I do have them yeah. a little lower on the, the power, my, my personal power rankings, but you know, we'll see. I think, I think, it, I still think it's an exciting club. It's a, it's a club with a reputation. It's a, it's a club with pedigree. I think it's still bringing guys in. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, talking about clubs with pedigrees, let's just jump right into Seattle. This is a <laughs> lot lower than they should be on this, uh, this recap in my opinion, but you know, they missed the playoffs for the first time ever. It's the first time in MLS history we have not had the Seattle Sounders in there. And it did feel a little weird uh, not seeing the green and blue jerseys or seeing that fire uh, purple haze jersey for the last time, which we'll talk about jerseys at the end. But, <clears throat> you know, I, I, the reason they missed the playoffs in my in a lot of people's estimation is because they focused solely on CONCACAF Champions League the first half yeah. of the season. Like they, they didn't even really try in my opinion in MLS. Like they were a hundred percent in on champ CONCACAF Champions League and, and it paid off. They won, you yeah. know, it was awesome getting to see uh, an MLS team in the club world cup, even though we got done, they got done in, um, you know, in the first game they played, but I, I think that's a huge step for the league. And I, you know, I, I can't wait to see who's going to follow them and, and to be the next team to win it. You know, 
my biggest question with their offseason is really more of a long-term question. And so Inter-Miami stole Chris Henderson two years ago. And Atlanta United went and stole Gareth Logoy away from them. And, mm-hmm. you know, so far they just promoted next man up and, and hopefully um, their new new chief soccer op- officers up for the job and he can just keep them going because that's what's really happened over there. But, you know, I, I have some worries about that, losing two key guys and, and, you know, such a short span as far as, you know, soccer teams concerned could have big impact on them. They did not make a whole, they didn't make any real notable additions. They signed a couple homegrown guys uh, from their Tacoma team. Um, in my mind, what kind of acts as an addition is they were able to re-sign Freddie Montero, uh, club legend. The guy's got a, can't play in anybody else in MLS for, as far as I'm concerned. And holding on to Nuhu, mm-hmm. um, the man is just a monster. And we saw it in the World Cup. I thought for sure with the showing he had at the World Cup, somebody was going to come in and give Seattle an offer. They couldn't refuse, and he wouldn't be here. So holding on to him, at least for now, because in the summer I still expect someone's coming in for him. But at least for now he can hold down that back line, and I I really think that they're going to probably focus on the MLS season a little bit more this year. Um, You know, and – you know, kind of in addition is, you know, Jordan Morris is going to be healthy going into the season, which we haven't seen in, in I feel like, a couple of years. Decade. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it. I feel like every year Seattle Sounders recaps are always or previews are always like, oh, yeah, our season lives and dies with Jordan Morris and then he's out. So I hope he can stay healthy. I hope he has a good year and can, can help them get back to the playoffs. Um, but. You know, I, I think I think Seattle's going to make it back to the playoffs. Like, you don't win CCL, and then you can't be successful in MLS. So I don't expect to see them here uh, next year. Yeah, I definitely expect to see a marked improvement from uh, from Seattle. It's it's hard not to expect that, um, especially with a club of that cattle, caliber and the, the pedigree. Um, I think you nailed it, you know. Um, the turnover in the front office is definitely – it has to be a bit of a red flag for Seattle fans. But, you know, they're, they're a club that, you know, now – and I think they dealt with some injuries last year too. Um, you know, there's a club coming back. You know, they got a bit of an earlier start than other MLS clubs because they played in the Club World Cup. And as far as I'm concerned, they looked like the better club and then – a stupid goal kind of went in and they, they just kind of got tired because most of them were, were not in form because they've been off for so long. And uh, I don't remember which Saudi club it was that they played. Um, no, it was an Egyptian club. It was Al-Hali. Okay. It was an Egyptian yeah, club. Yeah, the Egyptian champions. Yeah. they And they were coming off a 16 unbeaten streak. They're in the middle of their season. It, it's it's tough. And, when it, and in games like that, unfortunately, fitness plays a huge part of it. And I think that was a downfall, but – I'm really excited yeah. for Seattle. They're a club I always love watching. Um, great I miss fan the culture. Xbox, though. Oh, the Xbox logo was the best. Oh man, but you know, I, I'm still expe- I'm still excited for Seattle. I, that's a, that's a club yeah. that I think everyone kind of you know wants to do well. And I think that I think the the league's really exciting. Exciting when them and Portland are good at the same time. That whole Cascadia rivalry. The Northwest rivalry is real. Yeah, yeah, and then obviously them in Vancouver as well. So you know. 
we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I think, um, I do think they, they get better. There's no way they can get worse. The, the MLS needs a club like Seattle in the playoffs, plain and simple. Yeah. Yeah. So next up, jumping into a pretty interesting club, in, in my opinion, the Colorado Rapids. All right. Um, very, very average in terms of how they finished last year. 43 points, goal differential, negative 11. Um, they traded, they made some some moves. Uh, definitely one of the more extensive off seasons I've seen in terms of the West. Um, traded a hefty, <laughs> a hefty sum of $1 million worth of GAM for French forward Kevin Cabral from LA Galaxy who had a pretty decent line, six goals, eight assists on the year last year. Um, they also traded $375,000 worth of GAM to Cincinnati for British forward, former number two overall MLS draft pick out of the Wake Forest University, ACC, so you know he's pretty good, Calvin Harris, not the DJ. Um, they signed a midfield. They another huge signing they had was uh, the midfielder uh, Connor Ronan from Wolves out of the Premier English Premier League, four year DP deal. You know they 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 really made an effort to kind of attack all sides of the you know all, all phases of the game. Uh, drafted highly touted defender Moise uh, Moise Bombito, third overall out of New Hampshire. Uh, signed <coughs> a Danish. Center back Andreas Maxo from Bronby on a three-year deal. Signed Sakaru Alex Grabash from Grenoble in France. So a lot of Love big those signings. Sakaru's, man. Love the Sakaru's. Man, I wanted them to go further in the World Cup. Wow. The world is cruel. Um, aside from that, Diego Rubio really, really led the the club with, with scoring. He had 16 goals on the season and was second in assists with Seven behind Michael Barrios, who had eight. Graham Zardis was on the club last year, in case you all forgot. Uh, scored nine goals, and now he's with Austin. Um, and overall, they're kind of just a fun team to watch, man. They have a South Florida product out of Plantation, Jonathan Lewis. And then they have a couple utility knife guys like Lala Abubakar and Keegan Rosenberry. So, you know, it's a, it's a fun club that, you know, didn't obviously didn't finish how they how they wanted to last year, but this is a club that I think can definitely make a marked improvement this year. Yeah, I think so. I think you you hit it on the hit the nail on the head there. I mean, you know, I, I think this is probably the first time, at least since I've been following the league, that Colorado's actually gone out there and spent money and brought people in, and I. I I look at all the additions and listen to the ones you just rattled off, and I can't think of one that I think, okay, that was a bad move. I, I don't think he's going to pan out. I don't think this guy's going to be good. I think they've had a great off season. You know, the problem with bringing in that many people right now is that, you know, MLS preseason isn't very long, so these guys don't get a lot of time to gel. So they might go off to a slow start, but I, I think they can have a good season. And I think – um you know, I don't think playoffs are out of the out of their picture. Hopefully, I mean, no. We'll um, see. I I do have them kind of, I, and I may regret it down the road. I have them on the outside looking in on my power rankings that I'll give Ooh, the full list later. Spicy. Yeah, I told you it's spicy, but I just think I think they did get better, but I think other teams also got a lot better. So it's uh, That's I fair. felt bad. I I even felt bad putting them where I put them, and for for what it's worth, I'll just say I put them eighth to finish eighth. But just because I think a couple teams got 
that were behind them in the power rankings and, and, you know, some ahead even got a lot better, but I wouldn't be shocked if they made a playoffs like that. I don't, I don't think that's like a far-fetched thought at all. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're putting out our thoughts on this and we're putting out our predictions and stuff and we're going to be wrong. <laughs> you know, I, I, I can both. already Same. tell, but you know, um, you know, speaking of, of tough teams to predict here, uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps, <laughs> man. So talk about a, a deep dive into their, that club. Wild, man. Um, you know, they, the core of their team is remaining the same. It's coming over from 2022. They did add a uh, um, young uh, Uruguayan defender, Matthias uh, Laborda, who's comes pretty highly rated. Um, you know, we'll see if he can make a difference on that, that defensive end. Um, I don't think defense was where they needed to add. I feel like number nine is kind of a question mark for them. They have some really good young, um, young defender or I'm sorry, young attackers, but their problem up there has always been health, staying healthy. Um, I'm also a little bit worried about their midfield. Uh, while it remains the same, uh, it was kind of inconsistent last year. Um, you know, they're rumored to be adding a goalkeeper from the J League from Japan. Um, you know, they I've seen three different names as far as who that goalkeeper is. So I won't won't list them, but um, you know that that could be a big move because two of the guys looked pretty decent. One of which uh, I think it was Matt Doyle on MLS website described as the uh, I think he's called him Tim Howard or oh Nick Rom- um, Romando. So could be pretty good. Who knows? Um, we'll look to see. You know, for their season outlook, I, I think they'll finish probably pretty close to where they finished last season, which is middle of the pack. Uh, you know, maybe squeezing into the playoffs there. You know, one guy that I forgot was on their roster that got traded last year was Julian Gressel. Um, so a full season with him could be pretty exciting. I I really rate him, and I think he's a great player and a difference maker. So <laughs> I think he, having a full season of him could make the difference for Vancouver. And when I looked back at their 2022, what really made the difference in them not having a better season was their start. They got off to the worst start in franchise history last year. And this was after coming off of 2021 where they were awesome. So if they can find consistency and start off the year, you know, they don't have to come out of the gates swinging, but, you know, do a little bit better. I think there's, I think they can make the playoffs. Um, But, you know, I I do think that there's some question marks at the number nine. Um, And if they can stay healthy, great. If not, I would hope that they make a move in the summer transfer window to maybe bring somebody else in. Yeah, Vancouver's a, they're a bit enigm- enigmatic to me and kind of how Houston is enigmatic to me. Um, aside from Gressel, like it really feels like they're kind of missing like that guy, you know? Um, and you're right, the midfield hasn't been very consistent. Um you know, it's it's a club that kind of gets overlooked sometimes, and, and they're never terrible, but they're 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 never great either. And uh, you know, I I just it, it's hard to kind of you know 
pin where Vancouver is going to be going to fall. Um, I'm not super high on them this year. Um, they're definitely going to be a little lower on my rankings, but it is what it is. Sorry, Vancouver. Um, but moving forward, I have another historic club that you know I'm sure fans and and even the staff will admit underperformed are Portland Timbers. All right, um, 46 points in the year, broke even on goal differential, and just missed the playoffs by one point. Um, they went very, very heavy in the draft, taking four players. Uh, <laughs> they had a couple of very good resignings in Claudio Bravo and Zach McGraw. And then they had um, a very, very big signing. Um, one of the biggest offside, uh, off-season signings, I think, in, in MLS that's that's really flown under the radar. It's a guy that I think is going to do really, really well in MLS. Um, and they signed Brazilian forward Evander from Midgetland in, in Denmark. All right. Um, absolute goal-scoring machine for uh, a very good club in the, in the, in the Danish league. Um, I, think he, I think he will be absolutely stellar stateside. Um, finished eighth in scoring, uh, so they, they they weren't afraid to put points on the board, but they were pretty pretty poor defensively last year. Um, they had a pretty even spread in terms of goal scoring. Uh, Dairon Aspiria he uh, he led with ten, followed by Niazgola who had nine, and then seven apiece between Sebastian Blanco and Santiago Moreno. Jimmy Chara led the way with assists with nine, while Moreno. Blanco and Eric Williamson had eight respectively. Um, this is a club that I don't think they needed a ton of forward help, but they signed an, a, a very, very good uh, attacking player in, in Evander. Um, you know, so I think they'll, they'll be better. I think they're taking a very, very traditional MLS approach in the sense that we're just going to try and score goals. You can score on us. That's fine, but we're just going to try and score more than you. Um, which, which again is is very on brand for for MLS type soccer, uh, very attacking focused. Um, you know, I think they I think they will be a touch better, but I, I think they still have a uh, a lot to answer for in terms of defense. Yeah, I think so. I think you you're right there. Um, you know, I think I think they'll score goals just like we always see Portland do, but I think their defense is going to struggle. Um, I just saw that their, uh, their forward, um, Esprilla is, is going to miss some time. He just announced today that he was injured. So 30 year old Colombian is going to be out about six weeks. I guess he just went under orthoscopic surgery. Uh, so I just saw that come across. So that, that doesn't help them. Um, but you know, I, I think Portland is again, one of those teams that, I don't really see them staying the way they are. Um, I think they might make some more additions here because um, they definitely know that their weakness is in defense. Um, but, you know, I, I'm hoping they make a recovery this year because, you know, I, I would love to see them make the playoffs. Um, I think they might squeak in uh, depending on how they rebound from last year. But, you know, I mean, playoffs without Seattle, without Portland, I mean, is it really playoffs? It feels wrong. <laughs> It, it, it does. does. <laughs> it does. There was like no, the only green was the Verde in, in, in the playoffs last year. So, you know, hopefully they can rebound. Um, 
but you know this latest injury doesn't help them. No, absolutely not. So you know, jumping into the next one, Real Salt Lake. Um, you know this. You know that this franchise has had some pretty rough, rough years the last couple of years with their controversy with their owner with you know new ownership groups trying to come in and buy the team and this and that and you know um what is it two years ago they were in the mls cup final they were they mm-hmm. were there and you know i i don't have high hopes for them this year um their biggest additions i think have been been good moves they brought in a two pairs or a pair of colombian Players, a Colombian winger, Carlos um, Andres Gomez, uh, who came in from Mil- Miliano, yeah, Millonarios. Um, Milino- Millonarios. Yeah, he came in from there. And then uh, defender Brian Vera, who came in from Cali. So, you know, I-, I think those are two players to get excited about, especially Gomez. I think he can be a really great winger. Um, I think he'll probably bring in. Uh, probably have to score most of their goals because they lost their their leading goal scorer in their number nine, Sergio Cordova, after his loan ended, and and you know a lot of people were predicting that they were going to replace him and pick up a number nine, and I mean they still could. MLS window's still open, so they might do that, but they haven't done that so far. And I look at their roster, and I don't know where the goals are going to come from. Um, you know, I, I think their defense will be solid, but. I really don't know where they're going to score. Uh, their midfield looks all right, but um, yeah, I think they they have to find a number nine. Um, I think they're one of the few teams that I, I'm going to go on the record here saying if they don't sign a number nine, I don't see how they can have a successful season. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say always go out to the transfer market and buy somebody, but I think they need to. Um, you know, without the number nine, I think they may be squeaking to the playoffs, but I'm I'm not hopeful there. Um, so I'm predicting a rough year for Real Salt Lake. Yeah, I have them making a, a pretty massive drop off from last year, and I'll reveal that more in my power rankings when we get done reviewing each team. But um, yeah, they're they're a club that I same thing when I was looking at it. I, I don't know, I don't know who's putting the ball in the net necessarily. Um, they had a successful season, but I, you know, again, they're just a, a club that's been through a lot. Um, and it, you know, it's funny, uh, Real kind of holds a special place in my heart because I was a huge, huge fan of Kyle Beckerman. Uh, love Bex, love him. Yeah. Love, a, love a white dude who dreads, man. That's, yeah, uh, man. That was, uh, no, but I always love the way he played. Um, I definitely have an affinity for defensive players. Um, and and he was that, uh, yeah. The, the club it's um, another one that's kind of struggling to find an identity. <laughs> a club that uh, again they they need they need to answer kind of the kind of the antithesis of, of Portland, right? Like uh, they need to kind of figure out where the offense is going to come from. I, th- I do think they'll hold up defensively, and I think the stats showed that that's kind of what led to their success last year, but. This is a very offensive centric league, and I, th- I think that's gonna that's definitely gonna set them back. I have them not in the playoffs in my power rankings. So, spoiler alert: we agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, moving forward, found a club. Um, I'm going to – well, I'm going into Minnesota United now. A club that I had a lot of fun kind of really digging into. A club that I, I think is going to make a pretty nice jump this year. Um, they uh, – 48 points on the year. Goal differential of negative three. Uh, they officially signed Joseph Rosales from Independiente. Uh, they had him on loan for the last two seasons. Now he's officially, officially a part of the club. Um, signed MLS veteran uh, right bags uh, Zorek Val- uh, Valentin from Houston. Uh, something they did that I love. They signed a stud out of the USL fullback, an attacking fullback, attacking mid uh, Ryan Jiba from Union Omaha. Super exciting. I, mean, I, I love when clubs sign guys from USL. It's it's definitely exciting for me. Um, signed two more center backs, a center back from, from Sweden, uh, Mikel Marquez from, and he played for Eski Tustuna and a Mexican, uh, center back, Miguel Tapias from Pachuca. Um, they are pretty middle of the pack last year in terms of scoring and defense. They didn't do anything, uh, spectacular. Uh, Manuel Reynoso was definitely the, the, the brightest star on the team, led in both goals and assists, 10 goals, 11 assists. Second nearest assist total was five uh, from the second high school sto- scorer, Luis uh, Amarilla. Um, so it looks like they went for, they, they went and looked after some support for, you know, for those guys to, to help increase the scoring a bit. But uh, this is a team that I'm, I'm really excited about this season. Um, I think that they make a, a pretty, um, a pretty substantial jump. So, yeah, I mean, you know, full disclosure, if I was not an inner Miami fi- fan, I would a hundred percent be a Minnesota United fan. I love what they do. I love their fan base. I love their stadium. And more than anything, I love that they beat Everton. <laughs> That's right. That is the best. Um, but no, I Adrian Heath, I think, has done a great job there the last couple of years. They've been consistent. They've had a, a style of play that they're going for. And I think the additions this year really strengthen that identity. The only thing that has me worried is Reynoso being suspended right. um, for not reporting to camp. You know, there's a lot of different reports out there. Um, from what I can tell, it, it may be a personal issue with, with his partner that that's keeping him out of training and maybe the reason why he hasn't reported. So um, I, I hope that they get that resolved because MLS is a better league when he's in it. Um, and if Minnesota doesn't want him, Hendo, I'm telling you, make the call. I'll throw in the gam. <laughs> Let's make it happen. <laughs> yeah, he's a player I definitely love watching. Uh, Minnesota's a super, super exciting club. I don't know who my, my club would be. Well, I think because of my impending DC move, I'd probably just adopt DC don't United. Don't do it. No, I'm don't not. Do I'm, it. I'm not like some other fakes in, in our Discord. Growing up in that, I grew up <laughs> in the DC United fan base. And yeah. no, the fan base is great, but the team... We'll let no, you down every no, time. I mean, I'm an inner Miami fan, so I mean, I I know Maybe all about being I'm here too. Who knows? Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that DC would probably be the next logical conclusion, just because I'm moving there. Charlotte would be another one that's definitely on my list. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about. Um, I do love Reynoso. Um, I hope they do get that uh, figured out. 
Oh, yeah. and I'm sure they will. Like I, I, uh, I can't imagine. Like especially, it seems like it's not something that he has complete control over. Yeah. Um, and again, a lot of stories. I don't want to speculate because I don't think that's fair to him or the club. Um, but yeah, I don't I mean, think regardless, the other are true. Yeah, I think regardless, Minnesota's a really, really exciting club. They made some great, great signings. Um, you know, I th- I think they can. You, I'll, you'll you'll see. It, it's one of the. It contributes to one of the shock factors for my my power Ooh, rankings. But I can't wait. I'm sitting <laughs> on the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. Um. So moving into next on the list, LA Galaxy. All I have to say is welcome to the sanction train, baby. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, LA Galaxy got s- slammed with sanctions um, thanks to their uh, highly controversial uh, front office guy, Chris Klein, who, if you guys haven't seen what's happening out there, the protests against the guy, check Twitter, look at the, the LA Galaxy supporters groups you'll see what's happening there there's threats to boycott all sorts of crazy stuff happening there so you know uh one of the penalties of the sanctions is is they have they are not allowed to sign international players in this upcoming summer window which anybody who follows mls it's their bread and butter right summer window is when you sign all the big stars when you get your 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 money makers in and you get your difference makers, well, <laughs> LA Galaxy can't do that this year, and they have signed no one, zero, and to me, it's very worrying. You know, Greg uh, Greg Varney is out there. I think you know he's set up successful teams before. He's running the front office now as well as coaching. I think he can do a good job, but I, I, I'm worried for them and I'm worried for their fan base um, because if, if the galaxy have showed us anything, it's that they're, they're not very well run lately. Yeah. Um, you know, there's rumors that Tyler Boyd, uh, former U S men's national team guy, is coming over from Turkey. He's supposedly in town waiting for a medical to happen and, and should be able to sign before the season starts. But that has not been made official yet. Um, they've had a lot of outgoing sales, most notably um, selling um, Araujo to uh, Barcelona, which I, yeah. I saw finally went through. Um, if you guys don't know what, what happened there, just to give a quick breakdown, I guess uh, there was some computer glitch and <laughs> paperwork was missed by going to the the La Liga office by 18 seconds. And so they were saying, nope, you can't have him. And then it took days to sort it out and FIFA ruled that he can, he can go. So that's a huge homegrown player that they sold on. Uh, leaves a little bit of a hole in their, their team that, again, because they haven't really signed anybody, they haven't filled. So, you know, having Chicharito there, having Puig there, and Puig doesn't even they, want to be there. Well, oh, well, he says listen, he doesn't like living. Let me let me not say that. I, and he I, doesn't I, want to I, be live in L.A. He doesn't want to live in L.A., which who can blame him? But listen, especially like you're not you're not even on the, on the fun L.A. team. You're on the Galaxy for God's sake. But just like Reynoso, <laughs> I'll always call, be Hendo. Yeah, I'll, call. <laughs> I'll I'll always be uh, I'll always be a little extra critical 
of LA Galaxy because outside of Orlando, they're my least favorite franchise in MLS. I agree. Um, you know, they're a club that I, I wish poor things to happen to them. Uh, but they're the villains of the league. I mean, <laughs> you know, they got, but, all, not, they, but not the cool villains. Like I, I, I paint like Portland, Seattle, more villainy, but like in a cool way. Like, yeah. These are just like obnoxious villains. Like we don't like you. It's not because we're, we're afraid of you. It's because we don't like you. They're the villain who robs the bank, but forgets to take the money <laughs> when they leave. Cause they don't, you know, now that the league's become competitive, they've been relying on their strategy of signing these big time superstars, and and then they don't win anything. Yeah, you know, and now the big Zlatan, time superstars. Yeah. You had Zlatan who banged in like a, a ridiculous amount of goals, and you didn't win anything. Yeah, and now LAFC, and we'll, we'll get into this. I'll get into this a little more later. But LAFC is really starting to kind of steal the, the star power signings away. I think from they have. LAFC. Yeah. yeah, I think the transformation is about complete, but I think, you know, L.A. is definitely black and gold right now. Yeah, I agree. So, just yeah. to let everybody know, L.A. Galaxy is going to be one of the surprise picks coming up <laughs> in my power rankings. Yeah, mine too. Um, next up, uh, one of my favorite clubs in the league, FC Dallas. Um, finished three seed in the West. 14 wins, 11 draws, 9 losses, 53 points, and a GD goal differential of plus 11. Um, what I love about Dallas is that they've really set the standard in terms of development within the league. Um, they, they are, I would say, probably the best in the league at developing young talent. And then eventually, yeah, it's not even then, close. Yeah, sending them off to Europe, and, and the list is extensive. Um, as far as this offseason, they extended Paxton Palmicle, who who has, you know, I, I know at USA starting to give him little looks. He he was uh in camp in that camp in January in that little tournament they played. Um <coughs> they signed two homegrown names, which are apparently are very much names to watch, uh very hot names, Tariq Scott and Nolan Norris. Um, so it went, whenever Dallas signs a homegrown guy, or it's a guy that comes up through the academy. The expectations are already pretty high. People are expecting big things from these guys, uh, signed an incredible defender. One of my favorite defenders in the league from MLS champion, LAFC and Sebastian Ibaiga, uh, signed another defender from Brazilian side Cruzeiro in Giovanni Jesus, uh, signed a local product from Arlington, Texas, just south in the DFW area uh his name is amet corsa he was overseas playing in uh on a croatian side called gorsha never heard of him but anyway love to see a, a hometown kid coming back signed uh carlos grueso from bundesliga side osberg he comes back after playing in dallas uh from 2016 to 2019 and then before that he also played for the other bundesliga side stuttgart um Club was 12th in scoring, so not one of the best, but pretty high up there. But they conceded the second fewest goals in the league with 40, the most obviously being the ridiculous Philadelphia Union, who only conceded 30 goals on the year. Um, you know, signed, they, they, they're clearly focusing on the defense because, as I just said, they've, they've signed some pretty, pretty impressive defenders. Um, they are just getting better. And then just adding to the just stupid amount of talent they have in the club. Uh, Jesus Ferreira, 18 goals in the year, six assists. Alan Velasco, six goals, seven assists. Paul Ariola, 10 goals, seven assists. I mean, this is a force to be reckoned with. I think this is going to be a club 
that is going to compete with the probably the next two clubs we're going to mention for that for the one seed in the in the West. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Dallas. I think Dallas is out of all the contenders has had the quietest off season, and I don't think it should be quiet because I think their homegrown signings, as you mentioned, like if they <clears> sign <throat> a homegrown, you know. This is you probably somebody you need to watch. <laughs> you know, Paxton Pomichol hasn't been healthy in seasons. Um, you know, so him being healthy for the beginning of the season and getting some love at the U.S. national team camp, you know, I think speaks very well for their season because having him healthy could be what they need to chase down the other two in this battle because I, I don't think Dallas is – getting enough love i think austin is stealing the texas love from them and i i think it's a travesty i think dallas really really is um one of the best teams and probably going to be the underdog or the dark horse this year for for that one seed yeah absolutely yeah they're they're i mean what how it's one of the best run clubs in the league bar none by Um, far yeah um you know, love everything about what they do. Love Jesus Ferreira. I think he's a guy that, you know, Dallas is always a club that they're going to send guys to Europe. I think Jesus Ferreira is a guy that has potential that we're going to see him go to like a massive, massive European club in the not too distant future. So. Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing that could really <laughs> derail their season um, is if Ferreira makes a move in the summer. Um, yeah. I think that could really hurt them. Um, but. FC Dallas normally plans ahead for these type of things. So we may not know who the second, third, fourth guy is in their depth chart for that position, but they know who it is. And I have confidence in them as an organization that they'd be able to replace him. Or maybe they have somebody lined up that, hey, he signs this day, the next day they bring player X in. So exciting things to come from Dallas, I think. But, you know. We'll keep it in Texas with the next uh, next one on our list, Austin FC. Look, I, I'm going to spoil something here. I think they're the team to beat in the West. Um, I think they've had a fantastic offseason. Um, you know, they've added Will Bruin from Seattle, who brings senior leadership, who brings a winning mentality. He's won just about everything you can win um, in MLS. Um, they brought over Adam Lundquist from Houston, uh, who is going to help hold down that defense. Like another great addition, and I think their biggest addition is Jesse Zardes from Colorado. Maybe he's not the guy he was in uh, Columbus anymore, but he's reuniting with it with one of the coaches from his run in Columbus. Like. If this is going to rejuvenate his career, it's going to be now because Jesse's artist can score. We've seen him do it in MLS. He's been successful. Um, I don't think he had any service in Colorado, so I don't really view that season as like, hey, let's. This is who we who he is now. So you know, with Jerusi and just you can go down the list of all these players they have. Bagunda's like these guys are going to give him the ball and going to get him goals. Um, <laughs> You know, and speaking of Jerusi, I mean, I think one of the best things they did this offseason is sign him to a long-term deal they announced earlier this week. Um, you know, signing him up and getting him nailed down, 
you know, I don't think he'll be here forever. I think he's got suitors elsewhere, but it's going to ensure that Austin gets a good price for him when he goes. You know, the only thing that I think happened negatively in their offseason is losing Claudia Reyna. Um, you know, he stepped down after the controversy with the U.S. men's national team um, and, and that whole debacle. And while, you know, you you know, you can't really say he did the right thing there. Nobody can defend that. Um, you know, he's the one who put this roster together and he's the one who got it where it was. So replacing him uh, could be hard. Um, but, you know, I, hopefully Austin has, has planned for this. <laughs> I think they've known for a couple months that this was coming. So again, I, I really think they're the team to beat and, and I'm excited to watch them in their terrible jerseys. Yeah, their their jerseys are awful, but um, yeah. Austin's a club. They they're they're a team that they score for fun. They they're they're going to score on anybody and everybody. So what really needed bolstering was their defense, and then they've definitely addressed that. Um, if they can they can lock it down a little bit defensively, I'm I'm right there with you. I do think, and and my power rankings will reflect that. I I think they're the team to beat in the West. Um. Yeah, they're a really, really fun club to watch. Uh, Drewsy is, you know, he's going to be an MVP candidate again, probably barring injury, you know, injury or asteroids or whatever. Um, you know, they, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have anything negative to say about Austin. Uh, it's a little frustrating, consi- you know, considering they, they got here after us and, and they're just dominant right now. But And their celebrity know, owner is... Much more engaged than ours. <laughs> yeah. And much cooler. Like, let's just be frank. But yeah. Austin FC. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely... Uh, I'm not, it's, it's, it's not even fair to call them a dark horse. I genuinely think they're the best team in the West right now. But Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, moving forward. Last team in the West. All right. LAFC. Your MLS champions in... in one of the most exciting finals I've ever watched. Period. Like Big just... John McCarthy, Inner Miami legend. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, J Mac uh has been ripped quite a bit uh, in our Discord. Um God, when he came in, I think I was the first one to say, That's it. Yeah, it's a wrap. They're done. But uh, but of course in, in traditional not just inner Miami, but just like South Florida sports fashion, they leave the area and they become and they do something incredible. But anyway, good for him though; he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, LAFC finished the year with a staggering twenty-one wins, a jarring goal differential of plus twenty-eight, and finished the year with sixty-seven points. Gareth Bale is fully committed to his golf career. Um, Cellini's old ass will hang out with a club and play a grand total of like two hundred minutes all season. Um, they lost Chicho Rango to Mexican side Pachuca. He led the team in goals. Um, they have uh, they lost uh, Ibaiga to to Dallas. Um, a lot of they, they lost a lot. Um, they they had some signings too. Uh, they signed an exciting Croatian winger, uh, Stipiak. I don't I don't know how to pronounce his name, but everything that I saw in transfer market and, and other sources tells me he, I, we should be excited about him. Um, they traded Latif Blessing to the Revs for a staggering $700,000 worth of GAM. They signed Aaron Long. When your opinion on Aaron Long is your opinion on Aaron Long. Um, 
signed Spanish right back Sergi Palencia from French legal uh, Liga Un side Etienne. Signed German midfielder Timothy Tillman from a German yo-yo club, uh, Griezer Firth. Uh, they're second in the league in scoring, conceded the fifth fewest goals. You know, they still have Carlos Vela, obviously. They still have Cifuentes. They still have Abaku. They still have Hollingshead. But they also lost a lot. They lost a lot, plain and simple. Um, and I guess the question becomes, can they can they do it again? Um there's talent there, but I, I do think uh, they lost quite a bit, and, and I don't know how much they've accounted for it. Yeah, I, I guess uh, a lot of it also depends on how what your opinion is on Aaron Long, and I'm not very high on him to be honest. But well, I think Aaron Long is a serviceable MLS center back. Um, I don't think he's outstanding. I don't think he belongs on the U.S. men's national team, but that's a whole other discussion that we won't have today. Um, I do think LAFC has taken a bit of a step back. I don't think it's a huge step back. Um, you know, I, I've heard that they have a couple of other players on their roster that are being pursued by other teams, uh, potentially for summer moves. So that that could be a thing. Um you know, we've all heard the uh, Obama Yang rumors that he may be coming over for che- from Chelsea. Um, so, you know, I think if they make that move, they can probably just outscore everybody. Um, I because I think he, I think Uba would be successful in MLS. I mean, you know, he he's what a year removed from playing for Barcelona. Like he's not playing for Chelsea right now, but you know. Chelsea signed 400 players in the offseason or in this last window and spent a billion dollars and still tied a Fulham and are still <laughs> behind Liverpool on the table. So suck it, Jay. <laughs> yeah, but, um, I think I think if they pull off the obvious signing, I, I think that's great for them because um, he's a guy. I think he, he's not he's not terribly old. I think he's I think he's 29 right now. Um, he's a guy yeah. that I think. I think he can, you know, again, he's, he's freshly removed from playing for Barcelona. You know, he's not super far removed from what he was at Arsenal. Um, you know, I think he, he's kind of gotten caught in a bad place. Um, there are, you know, whispers circling that his, his work ethic is terrible. Um, he's just a party animal. So I don't know how that fits in with the LA culture, but, um, He, uh, regardless, I think if, if he comes and he maybe has some sort of rejuvenation because of, you know, sometimes all you need is a change of scenery. Um, yeah, he can be serviceable, but until that happens, LAFC are what they are. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I think they'll still be very good. And I think, oh, I yeah. think they'll still compete for the West, but I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion kind of how it felt like it was last season. Yeah. Last season, I think everybody went into the season like, if LAFC stays healthy, it's theirs. And it ended up being, and they weren't healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they had, you know, Gareth Bale just thinking about golf all the time. And yeah. Cellini and- playing three minutes every game. And listen, yeah. I will say this. I will not be surprised <laughs> if LAFC joins the sanction train eventually. Because I don't right? know how they are signing these players for pennies. Like yeah, Gareth Bale, I get it. They probably just said, "Hey, just come ride it out here, and then you can retire." Okay, but 
I mean, I think Gareth Bale also himself admitted that he's going to LAFC so he can stay in shape so he for can the play World for, Cup for, for Wales it. in the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Sanction train is taking tickets because we're about to get off, so they could take our spot. Please, Lord. <laughs> All right, um, that wraps up our team by team review, I suppose, yeah. for this season and kind of off season review and, and preview for next season. Um, I know we wanted to talk jerseys, so I'm just going to fire off a couple that I love. Uh, my favorite, probably the cycle, if I'm being completely honest, and you need to hear me out for a second, is Charlotte. I love the purple pop and the tart jersey. The pop tart, but I love. I think it's more of like a cultural thing, and as a former North Carolinian, like the fact that they matched with the the Charlotte Hornets, the basketball team there. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I love, that. and I love the color combo too. That purple and tealish thing that they got going on. I think it's great. Um, I really yeah. like those. I love the DC cherry blossom shirts. Oh, I wish it I looks wish so cherry, good. And I wish I just. And I know it's because MLS is weird about this type of stuff, but I wish that the flowers just popped a There's little more, more color. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cincy, I'm a big fan of. Um, I have to disagree with you on the Cincy jersey. Really, I really like the Cincy jersey. So the Cincy jersey is just like the the what is it? The Prima Blue jersey that we wore two years ago. The blue yeah. with the water and then the orange stripes on the side. Yeah, but they have a shout out to the, like their bridge on the shirt too, which I think is cool. I get it. Like, I, but... love, I love when they do like cultural things like that. Like not to get out of that too much, but like when when Miami FC put all the all the neighborhoods of Miami on their shirt. I think that's that awesome. was cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, some of my <laughs> favorites. <clears throat> my my number one favorite is by far the Seattle Bruce Lee kit. Oh yeah, that was great. The I just only thing the, I'll say is the back is just black. I don't I know. hate that. They should have wrapped the text. They should have wrapped it. But it, it's it's not just them. I don't know, like even Austin. Like I hate Austin's. They're, like it's way too loud. It's a, basically a carbon copy. It's Barcelona. a Barca ripoff. Yeah, but the back is just all green. Like why wouldn't you? Yeah, it's something weird that 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 soccer shirts are doing because it's not just MLS. I'm seeing it in Europe too. Like. That they no, have I like think all it, the patterns in the front, and then the back is just blank. Like I, well, I don't and like, like in that. Europe though, but what I've seen they they do is they do like a patch. Like there's like a square yeah, cutout for the and number, it's for the, the name. name and the number, so it doesn't blend in with the pattern. But like the whole back doesn't need to be black. Yeah, in my opinion. But <laughs> New York like, City I, FC. I like New York City. Oh. So I hate to say it. I like New York City's. Yeah, I mean that subway tile is nice. Yeah. Um, I I'm do a fan like of Portland's plaid too. I do like Portland's. I think this was a great like jersey drop session season thing or whatever. Yeah. Um, I I do like this is maybe a little more contentious. I do like Real Salt Lakes. I it know it's playing and I, the I like honey the, bee. Honey, the honeycombs. The I, and again, I wish the only thing I wish Adidas did better was make those accents that they have on shirts pop more. So. Yeah, and I agree with you. And I don't think that these jerseys in that embossment, I don't think it photographs well. Because you and I saw pictures of the Inner Miami La Noche kit taken yes. in a store. And you could see the, the embossment much better than in the, the pictures that we've seen. Yeah. So I think it shows better on the field than it does on the website, which is unfortunate. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, yeah, because I know a lot of people were upset with with Miami's La Noche Kid because they said it looks just like La Palma. They're um, wrong. Yeah, they're wrong. You because... know who you are. <laughs> the 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 pink definitely pops more. I mean, once you see like an actual picture, like a high quality picture of it, you see the 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 embossment, you see the accents a lot better, which I think are yeah. great. I love the hoops. I'm a big hoops guy, huge hoops fan. Um, you know, and then I don't know if you saw the pictures that the club came out with earlier with the shorts. The black with yeah. the pink trim shorts. Oof. We're gonna look oh, sweet. Yeah. Um but yeah, though I will say once some that I hated, like Revs was like a river plate knockoff and, and Oh big time. It was I terrible. hated the union. I oh thank you. I hated the union. I love just the snake badge. Oh, that is fire. That's great. But I hate but I hate like and I I, I have a genuinely like the camo pattern or yeah, whatever I ha- it is. I have a genuinely hate I have a genuine hate for camo. It's my least favorite pattern on the planet. Well, you know, to me, it doesn't even – I saw on Twitter, it's the Simpsons, the, the clouds. The Simpsons clouds, yeah. I've seen, I've seen that connection being made. That was That's funny. Um, Houston's is boring. Yeah. Uh, but I like, I like simple. I like simple. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, you know. Um, Columbus. Other, I don't like Columbus. I don't mind Columbus's. I like the, the gray mm. accent. Um, yeah. We LAFC talked about St. Louis last last week. I love theirs. Is good. Yeah, LAFC has like that small like jersey. Yeah, it's like a bait, which maybe smoke makes screen. sense. Makes sense that's with like all, all the the smog that's hanging over LA. But so yeah, I, and I mean, that but would be I can't cool. tell. I can't tell if it's like a, a grayish cream green color. It looks I don't, like I don't a green. Know. It looks like a green or like yeah. a cream with green. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not a huge so, fan of that one. Um, DC's I hate, or not DC. I'm sorry, FC Dallas. I hate. Yeah, not a the fan fire of and things. It oh, it reminds yeah. me of like a like a Hot Wheels car. The flames on the side of a Hot Wheels car. I yeah, don't like the, it. the Dallas kit reminds me of like when you're when you're like start just starting like an ultimate team on FIFA, and they just give you like <laughs> these garbage ass shirts, so like random yeah. patterns. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. One that I do really like that I saw today was Chicago's. Yeah, Huge. that's a cool one. Yeah, and and it looked uh, people were saying, oh, it looks strange, but I think once you throw like the shirt sponsor on it, I think it's yeah. gonna look a lot better. Yeah, I think so, and I, I like it. I mean, I think it's. I have to say, like, I'm glad that they ditched that one year logo that they had. Yeah, and they went to this logo now. Like, I really like it, and I'm I'm a big fan of this jersey. The only thing I don't like about it, and this is not anything on Chicago, it's just a personal preference on any jerseys. I don't like the crest in the middle. Oof, to me, the crest that, always has to be oh, on the right. Oh man, you're, you're giving the thing is, I from a nostalgia standpoint, I love the crest in the middle. Like I remember, like the old like Liverpool shirts with the the crest in the middle, the Reebok hunter, and then you have like the Carlsberg or whatever, or, you know, candy, yeah, whatever. But, supposed to be, like, but. okay, you want to put the Reebok logo in the middle. That's fine. But the club crest is always supposed to be over your heart, man. Oh man. That's where it's know. supposed to be. I opinion. get that. But man, I, I, I've seen some jerseys with the crest <laughs> in the middle. Like I'm thinking like late two thousands, like EPL jerseys and with the crest in the middle. I was a huge fan of those. Man. Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't I get, hate it on the Chicago jersey, but it's not my favorite. Yeah. The jersey itself I love, though. Yeah. And I'm, sporting Kansas City's, the hoops. I'm a huge fan. Again, again, take I love the hoops. hoops around the jersey. <laughs> you know, my, I guess my only complaint is I wish the hoops were a little thicker. But yeah. 
I I do. I'm again. I'm a huge hoops guy. Like, Miami I, had a hoops jersey. Oh my god! I was praying for a hoops jersey. I'm really happy awesome. when Alonso came out. I like the waves. It's almost like a hoop. It's yeah. almost. But like those old Celtic jerseys, like oh man, that's that's the good shit right there. See, man. I'm thinking strikers, man. Oh yeah. The red and yellow is hot. Yeah. All right. Well, enough Jersey talk. Let's get into yeah. our power rankings and wrap it up for a night. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> you want to, you want you just want to go back yeah. and forth in the bottom up. All right. 14 for me in the West. I have St. Louis. Ooh, I have San Jose. Ooh, 13. I have San Jose and I have St. Louis. <laughs> Look at that. All right. For 12, I have Houston. Oh, we got it right. Same. Okay. 11, Vancouver. Ooh, I have Sporting KC. Ooh, this is interesting. 10, I have Real Salt Lake. I have Real Salt Lake there as well. Look at us. I thought that was going to be one of the hotter takes. All right, number nine, Sporting KC. Uh, Number nine, I've got Vancouver. Okay. Eight, Colorado. Spicy take number one. Eight, LA Galaxy. I have Galaxy at seven, and I thought that was going to be a nice spicy take, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> but we both have I Galaxy have the in the playoffs, basically. Well, seven teams make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, I I don't think Galaxy make it this year. Yeah. They'll, they're out. All right. Um, who do you have for seven? I have Portland. Portland. I have Portland at six. Okay. Who do you have at seven? Galaxy? Galaxy yeah. at seven. All right. So six. I've got Colorado. Okay. Yeah, I thought about moving Colorado up there, too. All right. Uh, five, I have Minnesota. Same. <laughs> Ooh. Four, I have Seattle. God damn it, man. I got it, too. Oh, my God. All right. I think our right, top so- three is going to be the same. I'm just going to throw it out there. And we have not seen each other's list. No, we have not seen, like... I mean, I, I don't, I don't necessarily believe in God, but hand to whatever deity you you support. I hand to the pod. Had hand to the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the officer suspense. Number three, LAFC. Yep. Wow, two Dallas. And number one, Austin, oh, baby. All, all right, right, all right, all right. I thought we were gonna have. I thought it was gonna be a little, a little more contentious, but we we're pretty, we're pretty similar. Yeah, a couple, I think, a few discrepancies. You have Colorado getting in, why you don't? And yeah, I have Galaxy sneaking in, why you don't? Yeah, I think that's really the only po- playoff teams that are different. Yeah, yeah. Aside from that, we're we're pretty we're pretty squared away. You know, and, and you know, I think things can change. Um, my ranking for Minnesota is is really contingent on Reynoso coming back at some point, and if not, them replacing him with somebody who's just as talented. But I, I could see a world where they don't make the playoffs because losing a number 10 like that can tear everything up. But LA Galaxy not making it is my spicy take for, for this one. Yeah, I thought Galaxy at 7 was a spicy take. I remember making the list and I had them higher. I'm like, no, absolutely not. I did too because you see the name and it's like they're it's, up it's there, hard, of course. Yeah, and, and it's hard to like disassociate Galaxy with being good. Yeah, and it was hard for me to like put Portland at seven. Like, yeah, that, I'm, that, I'm that, used to seeing them like top four, yeah. but I, I just don't think they have they have it to be top four this this year. Whereas yeah. I think Seattle does, just because I think they're 
they're yeah. not having to focus on the, CCL. Yeah, the the more I look at Colorado, the more I feel like I'm going to regret not having them hire. But I've, I've already put it out there. I, I can't take tell. it back now. You know, I, I, I the one pick I do think I'm going to regret is keeping Colorado in the playoffs. But could be. We'll yeah, see. We'll see. Um, Keep I us think honest. Should, yeah, I think we should post these our power rankings on Twitter and, and have yeah. our beloved fans vote on which one they think is more correct or just rip us apart because our lists are terrible. Yeah, so. let's do it. We'll put out a poll. This pod Absolutely. will be releasing on Friday the 17th, so we'll put a, po- a poll out maybe tomorrow, the 17th. And <laughs> yeah. um, you guys let us know which one you think is better. And, you know, if you think we're full of shit, tell us that. Interact yeah, with I'm, us. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm open to criticism. So, any final notes? The only note I have is, uh, you know, just wanted to let everybody know we're now on Instagram, too. We're right. at Away Days IMPC on Instagram now. So, Twitter and Instagram is where you can find us. Um, this pod will be dropping on a Friday, but uh, our normal scheduled release will be on Wednesdays going forward. So, next week we'll be dropping uh dropping on wednesday with our eastern conference previews and a Ooh, interview that mr cali secured that's right definitely facilitated an interview i'm i'm very excited about should we should we tell them let's do it all right we will be interviewing uh one of the members of the ball is round the uh they are the english speaking uh, Montreal podcast, Montreal FC podcast, uh, and we're going to be breaking down our upcoming game against against Montreal, Inter Miami versus uh, Montreal on the twenty fifth. You know, we're we're going to talk to them a bit. We're going to we're going to see where they're at with their club. We'll we'll go. I'm sure we'll have a little bit of a back and forth. And yeah, and with our you know, friendly I've neighbors listened, to the north, I've listened to a couple of their podcasts and. You know, have to say they they do a great job, and you know, I I would really encourage you guys. Um, to, to listen, especially to their season preview, it'll give you an idea of what to expect on our home opener. And, you know, we'll play them an, an additional time as well. So uh, check them out and stay tuned next week for our first uh, first interview. We're, we're really excited about it and happy to bring it to you guys. Absolutely. And, and like we mentioned before, we, we, we're going to do it with as many, many uh, podcast hosts as we can for, for teams we're going to see. So you know, we'll, we'll start uh, keeping our ear in the ground, seeing what uh, Philly Union podcasts are out there. We can, we can give them a shout too, and we'll, yeah, we'll see. If, but I'm really you excited. Guys, if you guys have podcasts that you'd love to hear us talk to, send it to us on Twitter, on Instagram, and we'll we'll get, we'll look into it and try and get them to come on with us and and see if we can return the favor and go on with them. Absolutely, love collaborating. At the end of the day, you know, everyone loves this league at least within our, our world, I guess. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, we're excited to see it grow, and I'm really excited for the season. Um, but, yeah, Eastern Conference review coming next week, interview with the ball is round. And, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. This is going to be our, this is our second to last episode before season starts, so this is, re- is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, the fun is beginning. So thank you guys for listening. Again, you can check us out on Twitter at, at AwayDaysIMPC and on Instagram at Away Days IMPC there as well. And thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you next time. I'm Brandon. I'm Callie. Subscribe. Five stars. Do it.